This is a podcast of St. Paul Lutheran Church, where we equip every generation to live rooted in Jesus. Hello, St. Paul friends and family, and welcome to another podcast here at St. Paul as we have been going through our value of transformational faith and been bringing in various guests to look at scripture and transformational faith as it is involved in the lives of God's people. Today, our guest, we're we're looking at the passage of the wise men, and so we brought in our resident wise man, (laughs) Pastor Larry Prawl, and he is with us today to talk through this passage. And before we get into the passage of the three uh, wise men, or I, we, well, we can talk about that in a little bit. We don't know that there's three, but the wise men. Before we get into that text, I thought it would be nice for our listeners who don't maybe know some of your background, Pastor Paul, for you to share a little bit about how you arrived in the ministry, how you came here to St. Paul, if you can give a little bit of that backstory. Okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm in my 34th year at St. Paul, and my wife Norma uh, and I uh, both have been in uh, church work our whole adult life. Uh, She uh, was a teacher. She retired a few years ago from teaching at St. Paul and then uh, Grafton and then other uh, schools and other places. Uh, And we were... Before we were called up here in 1988, uh, we were both at St. Peter's uh, Lutheran Church and School in Arlington Heights. I was a youth director at that time, and she was a, a Lutheran school teacher. And uh, we have three children, and they were all raised in Grafton, which we're very thankful for, that they have a, a, a home, a place They when somebody says, where are you from? Well, I was raised, and I'm from Grafton, Wisconsin. So that been a wonderful blessing that we have been able to raise our children and be a family here in one place. And I was a teacher uh, before I was a preacher, and uh, after uh, teaching and being a youth director for 11 years, um, I seemed to feel that there were doors that were opening and doors that were closing, all the opening and closing by God's design that uh, led me to believe that, uh, well, God must have a plan here about my becoming a pastor. And and sometimes people um, would say to me, well, you should become a pastor. I said, well, I I really love teaching. And I still, uh, a a first love for me is teaching more than preaching. I enjoy teaching. Preaching is a little frightening at times (laughs) when you get up into that pulpit. and so uh, it led me to go to Concordia uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, as a colloquy student. Then uh, after uh, finishing those uh, special, that kind of special uh, program that was there, uh, in 1982, I g- uh, graduated from the seminary and was at Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church in Bolingbrook, Illinois, for, for five years, and then got the call up here. And it's been a great blessing. I have the great opportunity to work with some fabulous pastors uh, and a wonderful congregation. This congregation has been very, very yes. good to me over yeah. these years. I, I'm very thankful that uh, to be in a place like this. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
Yeah, it's a great congregation, and mm-hmm. um, you know, likewise for us as younger pastors to be able to have you to to look up to, and you who have been in the trenches for years to give your wisdom and input has been incredibly beneficial for me in my years here. And I find it fascinating you're coming from the teaching background because I started my educational journey at Concordia, Wisconsin, with the intention of being a teacher and then switched to pre-seminary. So I think there is a natural tie-in to teaching and being a pastor. You know, there's that teaching element mm-hmm. of being a pastor. Uh, teachers usually are those that you know care for people, and so there's that natural tie-in too. And sometimes you got to keep uh, everyone away from killing each other too, which is <laughs> part of being a teacher. Yep. So, right. yeah. Well, very good. Well, thank you for that backstory. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to read through Matthew chapter 2, the text of the wise men. And for those who are listening to this podcast, if you want to take out your Bible and follow along with me as I read it. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1, looking at the text of the wise men. So starting with verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, this text is one that we often use around the uh, time of Epiphany. It's a text that um, you know, we're somewhat familiar with. We, we come across it just about every year. What's the, what are the things that stand out to you, Pastor Prawl, about this text with the wise men? Well, I've, I find that as I listen to that story, uh, that it, it's amazing how God used heaven, uh, you know, used the, uh, the heavens, uh, and people from a whole other place uh, put all things together at just a certain time, and you have uh, messages in the dreams, you have the heavens, you have foreigners, you know, Gentiles, uh, all of a sudden coming 
to Bethlehem, this little, you know, hole-in-the-wall place, uh, and understanding and realizing that this baby is the Messiah, is the Christ. He's the, the Savior of all people. So it's kind of like this God moved heaven and earth in order for this story to happen, just just as he moved heaven and earth to get Mary and Joseph to come to Bethlehem uh, and and to Jesus, for Jesus to be born there to fulfill the Old Testament. I mean, it's really a beautiful, beautiful story about the power of God and how he... He is in control of things. It's his his will will be done, uh, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. You you it's you know it's a great story too. You have a villain, you yeah, know, you have right. King Herod. <laughs> yeah, you have uh, angels. You know, um, in this story, you have this dream, and all of a sudden, uh, poor Joseph has got to pick up the family. They had been in uh, Bethlehem. They established kind of a residence there. For two years, uh, things must probably going pretty well for them. He was yep. a carpenter; he had a profession. He, he probably was kind of middle class for that for that age period, and, and it, you know, it was his hometown where his family came from. So he probably knew people there. You know, so all of a sudden, he's got to to pick up because somebody tells him in a dream, you know, you got to get out of here. Because uh, somebody's out to kill this baby of yours, uh, and he's got to pack up and then goes to Egypt. Right. Well, you know, I, I guess there, I understand that there are experts who say there were communities of Jewish people living in Egypt at that time, so he wouldn't have been, you know, alone there. There would have been some community uh, there for him, probably. But, but still, not his comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that, you know, it's not a little trip. No, to go that way, and it's not the most pleasant of um, landscapes. Well, I, I love what you said about the moving heaven and earth, and all the things that God used to get the wise men there. You, he, so He uses the celestial sign, the star. That's what starts it. And what we know about these wise men, you know, wise men's maybe not the best term. Um, magi. They looked at the stars. That was their their interest was looking at the stars and trying to figure out what the stars could tell them. So God uses the star as a sign, but that's not it. Then he also has to use the scribes in Jerusalem to read the scripture to say, hey, where is this supposed to happen? And then you're right, later he communicates with them in a dream. So he's using all these different things, the star, the scripture, the the priests, this dream, all these things to communicate his message to the Magi. It, it's just it's a it's a great story. It's just such a great story. It, you would almost, if you would not have, be a person of faith, and you would hear this maybe for the first time, we'd say that can't happen. That doesn't happen. That that's a legend or a fable. Uh, how how could that? How would those wise men even know that's what it was about? You know, they said they recognized that this was a sign in the heavens that this Christ child. This Christ, the Savior, was going to be the King of the Jews. Was going to be was being born. How do they know that? Right. Well, you know, there yeah, has yeah. to be some history of of their exposure to the Scriptures. Uh, so, yeah, and I think again, that's where you see the Holy Spirit at work. The Holy Spirit had to had to be there to say, "Hey, you see this thing in the stars? 
This is what it means. Go to Jerusalem. And the fact that God would choose these foreigners, Gentiles, as you said, and be at work by the power of the Holy Spirit to get them to see that this connects to the King of the Jews to make that trek to Jerusalem. And I think as we look at this value of transformational faith, this God is the one who's at work creating this transformational faith within us, and he uses all kinds of means, as he did with these magi. He's, he uses all kinds of means to shape and transform our faith along the way. And in contrast here, you have these foreign magi who listen to all these things, who listen to the Spirit's leading. And then you have Herod and all the people in Jerusalem who don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They, no. they, not, not a thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. They, and they, they know the scriptures. They're, they're a informed population of religious people then they studied the scriptures where they had the language that uh, and they were t- t- but they just didn't mean a thing to them uh, Herod of course uh, you know evil evil man uh, if you study the history of yeah he killed his wife he killed his cut relatives he you know if you got in his way you were done and and he was part Jewish so he you know, he would have an understanding of of this promise about the Messiah and the Christ, but that that didn't make any difference. Well, he went, and then he went out. To him, yeah, it was just a threat. Yeah, we had that horrible story. You know, the, the really the right. dark part of the Christmas yes. story. We don't hear in the killing of the infants, right? Uh, in Bethlehem, two and two and younger. Um, you know, that's a sad part of a beautiful story, right? But so so typical of. Um, Life on Earth, um, good versus evil, uh, evil trying to destroy, and um, yeah, the yeah. central to the the Christmas month, John one, the light and the darkness, and mm-hmm. there's there's still a lot of darkness, yeah. and yet um, the the hope for us as Christians is that the darkness does not overcome the light. But you're right, I mean, as power does in so many instances, mm-hmm. power just completely corrupted Herod, and the thing that troubles me most about this text is these magi come here and they're asking all these questions and it says all Jerusalem's troubled so the word's <laughs> spreading the chief priests they are obviously hearing about it the scribes and yet no one goes with the magi yeah, nobody no, nobody wants to check it out they're too busy or something yeah too, be, <laughs> too, too busy, busy or, or something yeah like a, caught up with their own uh, yeah a lesson there maybe or, or, well they don't they don't need a Messiah. They don't need a Savior. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah, not enough to search this to search this out. Yeah, no, that's that's a, a good insight too. Yeah. That maybe yeah, they're just so caught up and it's been day. so many years since the promise that their hope maybe was yeah. gone and yeah. that ever being fulfilled. Yeah. When you think of uh, you know, thirty years from that time, Jesus is back in Jerusalem. You know. You know, that Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem, but he's back in the area and and look again. Yeah, they, not I mean, much he's has changed. Done all these miracles. Yeah, he said all these words, and they they they. It would seem like they get him finally. King Herod is gone, but there are more Herods. His children are left there to to be income poops. So, uh, <laughs> so, but um, yeah, well, and. I want to get back to this term of, you know, wise men, because I always find that to be a fascinating term, as I mentioned before. Magi is probably a better term. But in the end, 
They are wise men. Not because of their profession, but they're wise men because they listen to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes anyone wise is that they listen to the Lord. And that's what these men do. And so in the end, they really are wise men because they follow the Spirit's leading. They listen to the testimony of Scripture. They listen to the Lord's direction in the dream. They are wise because they listen to the Lord. Yeah, I don't know who created this phrase about wise men still follow Jesus. I, oh, yeah. That's a very, uh, uh, that's a, a very pertinent, powerful uh, message uh, that, uh, that that is very true. You know, um, yep. Uh, and uh, uh, belief in God, uh, I think Solomon said, is the beginning of all wisdom. Right. Yeah, yes. Faith. Yeah. So and and that, that fear of the Lord is that, yeah. that beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And that's yeah. why these men, again, they are, they really are wise because they, they fear the Lord. And again, the tragedy is that so many in Jerusalem at this time do not. And, um, but yeah, it's a fascinating, text. it's a text that we could certainly spend all day talking about because mm-hmm. there's so many nuggets to be taken away from it, but I think you brought out some yeah. of, some of the key ones. Yeah. I'm always interested to to think of why why this is in Matthew. Hmm. Matthew is a book written by a Jewish disciple, sure, uh, for the for Jewish believers, sure. Yeah, why not? Well, where's Luke? Should have should be in Luke, Luke right? Yeah, the in, Gospel of the Gentiles. Your, your yeah. namesake it should be in Luke because that that he's got all these more intimate family stories in there and yet and that but Matthew That's and a, you wonder how where, how did Matt, did Jesus tell this story did Matthew talk to Mary uh, you know um, you know yeah, somehow uh, to his brothers and sisters it's a Jesus very good point that. because you're right that Luke is traditionally looked at as the gospel of the Gentiles whereas Matthew yeah. is the one that's really for the Jewish audience I think maybe where this fits into Matthew is that prophecy of you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means mm-hmm. least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Yeah. Matthew is again and again pointing us back to Jesus fulfills this scripture. Yeah. Jesus fulfills this scripture. And so I think where this fits into Matthew is here's another fulfillment of scripture. Yeah. It's supposed to take place yeah. in Bethlehem and Judah, and even the scribes recognize that, even if they don't follow it. Yeah. And and that all nation that uh, all nations will come. Yes, to, to this to recognize this uh, Savior, right, the Christ that He is for all people. Uh, yeah, because well, uh, you're right. Because what they say when they arrive is, "Where's He who's been born King, King of the Jews?" Jews yeah. But at the end, they're bowing down and worshiping him. They're recognizing this guy's not just the king of the Jews. He's our king, too. Well, they must have been odd to actually find this child. I mean, yeah, they rejoice. Yeah, you know, they rejoice to um, uh, they start off as this, well, it's a lot. We have nothing better to do. Um, so we're going on this two-year journey, uh, and uh, we'll look, see if we can find anything. So, um so somebody must have been financing this trip. I don't know who it would be. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they certainly had, <laughs> they had some nice, kind of means with all these yeah, gifts that they, they bring, nice too. nice gifts to, yeah. to give it. And, of course, I, I always um, remember, of course, the longer you, you study the Scriptures, you're, you know, especially when you 
do this for a career. You keep learning these little tidbits of fact about the significance the, you know, of those three gifts and what they mean. Yep. And then, um, you know, also that, uh, you know, as they, they present these gifts uh, in adoration, you know, for this Jesus, uh, and again, the, the excitement that they have for that. So, yeah, it's a very, it's a wonderful story. It's got every part of a great story, novel, mystery, yeah. even a mystery. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great text. Yeah. It really is. Well, before we let you go here, I just want to pause for one moment again on this value of transformational faith. And it's something that we've been talking about with each guest. And I don't know if, if there's something that when you hear that phrase, that you know, those two words, transformational faith, is there something either from your life where you've seen that at play with your faith being transformed or by the, the power of the Spirit, or just even as a pastor where you've seen that come about? I don't know if you have any insight you want to share there. Well, I would, I would say um, one of the reasons I find that story so fascinating is because of, of the faith that Mary, Joseph, the, the wise men had to do all the to do all these really weird odd things that God told them to do instructed them to do guided them in doing so I, I look at my life uh, and uh, you know I I've been I've been born I was born and raised into the Christian faith and always have been Lutheran so um, that that's kind of my background but until I I can remember going to, I went to a parochial school that wasn't a very good parochial school to go to. I had a very mean teacher for six of the eight years I was there. <laughs> and yet you still wanted to be a teacher. And, uh, yeah, I still wanted to be a teacher. Uh, and, you know, by the time I finished eighth grade, I, you know, the church and religion didn't mean much to me because the people, I had a pastor that didn't care about us, mm. you know, so, um, and I, and then I, I look back, and, and I, I know I shared this with the congregation one time, is that I got involved with the youth ministry at the church. And that's the key where I kind of got connected to the message and, and you know, what we're here for. Um, and I'm very thankful that I didn't just drop out. Uh, but then I look at all the things that have happened to me in my in my life, uh, career, but you know, personal life too. And I see when I talk about God's will, mm-hmm. um, uh, that I see the older I get, the longer I'm on this earth, the more I did ministry or do ministry, the more I see God's God's working this all out. Yeah. And He got uh, there's there's no way. You know, 60 years ago, if you would have said I'd be a pastor, I'd say absolutely not. Right. <laughs> First of all, I like teaching and so on and so forth, and I worked with a lot of pastors, and some of those rubbed me the wrong way. Um, uh, and yet, uh, doors open and doors closed, and I said, this must be what you want me to do. Mm. I, I, I didn't do it kicking and screaming, but I just said, are you sure? You know, I, I'm not as smart and 
you know, I tried to do, you know, I I had to learn the Greek, and that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and then I didn't do very well. Uh, but, um, you know, God just, you know, that's evidently where where he wanted me to be, because there's no way to explain, you know, and all the blessings, uh, coming to St. Paul, uh, these are all, he's working this all out, just like right. he, you know, whether... It's a, it's a nice tie into the text because yeah. it's we might not have the star in the sky or things like that, but God leads us on a yeah. journey too, and yeah. and sometimes in the moment it's hard to see yeah. to see it, but He uses these things in our life to bring us on the journey mm-hmm. that He's worked out for us. But now I can go back. You can see some. Time, of it. I see I see these. Yeah, these were things that. There was a reason these things happened. Right. And I didn't always like it. <laughs> sure. No, yeah, we, we don't always I like don't it. Always, yeah. I didn't like it. And I, I you know, I could um, say, uh, you sure, God? I'm not, I'm not mind this. Uh, yeah. And I do have, I always tell people, I have a lot of questions when we get to heaven. I don't know if we're going to have a chance <laughs> to have a question and answer, period. But, <laughs> but I got a whole list of them. So whether I'm going to come ready. about that, yeah, I'm, come, I'm ready if we get the chance. So, uh, but uh, well, thank you, thank you for uh, joining us today for sharing your thoughts on this wonderful text. And I know I speak on behalf of the congregation. We're glad that God brought you on this journey to be a pastor here, and certainly um, He has been at work in your life, using your gifts and abilities to proclaim His message. So thank you again for being You're here. Welcome. You're welcome. I'm, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. Well, good. Well. Uh, Again, St. Paul, we thank you for listening to uh, this podcast. Pastor Anderson with Pastor Prawl. Have a wonderful day. God's blessings to you all.